This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Well, I am here today with someone that we have come to know and love around here at It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision, Pastor Tracy Cook. How are you, Tracy? I'm doing good, Mrs. Donna. Thank you for this opportunity. Of course. Now, listen, you just came out of, just, just a few weeks ago, a 76-week revival. Wow. Tell us about that. Well, uh, 76, we had a 76 re, uh, revival in Dunn, North Carolina, and actually it was just supposed to have been three days. Uh, I just got through doing a tent revival in another part of Carolina, and a pastor came and said, will I come? I said, um, the schedule is so hectic, but I'll come three days, and God moved in such a mighty way that what was three days wound up being 76 weeks in <laughs> Dunn, North Carolina. So it, it was just unbelievable to see so many thousands had come through there and so many miracles and what have you. My goodness, my goodness. Well, that is, what, that is what we need right now, don't you think? I mean, just a mighty move of God. Yes, if, if there was ever a time that we need another move of God like that, with all the revivalists in the land, it can really turn the heart of this land back to God because that's, you know, that's what I learned from Brother Shambach and all those where it takes a real earthquake shaking move of God to turn our hearts back to God, you know, that conviction. Yes. And I think that's what's really lacking in today is the real move of the Holy Spirit and His conviction. You know, I'm glad you said that because I was going to say, uh, Tracy, the, the move of God and the move within us with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Oh, my goodness. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and you have, you have just written a brand new book called Heavenly Keys to Unlocking Your Spiritual Gifts. And it's about the Holy Spirit and how He operates and the wonderful, wonderful gifts that He gives to us. I wanted to read just a couple of lines here that you say um, there are supernatural gifts that God has placed inside of you. Now, he's going to be talking to you that are listening inside of you. They're just waiting to be opened and activated. And Tracy is going to help us to activate these, to understand these, to identify these gifts, and to teach us how to start accessing them now and today. So, Tracy, I'm going to hold you to it. You're going to, you're going to teach us some good stuff about accessing these gifts even today. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That is absolutely right. <laughs> one thing that, that is absolutely right. <laughs> one thing that I like so much about it is in, in the book, you've actually included prayers for all kinds of things, yes, baptism of the Holy Spirit, prayers for healing, so many prayers here. Why did you feel the need to include actual prayers in your book? Well, one of the reasons, Ms. Donna, is the fact that sometimes you, the reason I felt, felt to do this was to make it more personal, more intimate. And also, too, we got to remember that uh, the first step that we developed this relationship with the Holy Spirit, because He's waiting for us, but at the same time, he wants to draw us while we're waiting for his presence. Yes. And the reason I, I felt the prayer was to just conclude that every step and every level, that's a progressive level with the Holy Spirit. So when you become to a relationship with him intimately and you know him personally, then you get discover his gifts. Yes. That's one of the reasons why I concluded with the prayers on each chapter so they can have understand, all right. We can end this with a prayer in the moment realizing it's personal. It's just me and the Holy Spirit yes. and our relationship together. Yes, and you know what I love about that is I know when I was a new believer, you know, I'd hear people pray all these great prayers, and I'm like, wow, that's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And and I know not everybody is that comfortable with praying, with knowing what to say, with knowing how to bring it before the Lord in prayer. And you have supplied them right there in the book for us. And I just I just appreciate that so much because you can pray right along with the words that you've written right there in the book. Absolutely. And it, what it does, 
it allows them. It's almost like uh, the pages become alive. And when they when they say the prayer and they repeat the prayer over and over and over, it's like something ignites inside of them, and the image is in their mind, and that scripture over and over in their prayer. And you don't forget. It's like the Lord's prayer. You pray the Lord's prayer, and yes. you never forget it. Yes. It's implanted inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago about about knowing Him personally. And I know a huge, huge point of unlocking these spiritual gifts that he gives us is first to know him as a person. Now, when you say that, what do you mean by that, Tracy? Job said, it's the breath of God that has made me. And when you become to, uh, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in the book of Genesis that he was the first one to move. He hooked over the body's water, I believe it's Genesis 1 and 2. He hooked over the body's water or before the creation came into place. So you have to realize that, Lord, he releases his Holy Spirit at the beginning because that's how we become in touch and tune with Christ. So when we understand that the Holy Spirit, he has to become personal. He is more than the breath we inhale or exhale. And oftentimes we don't consider the third person, the Trinity, as being that real. He is more real than the breath we breathe. And oftentimes we think, all right, you know, the breath I breathe when I exhale out, I can feel that. Mm. That's how the Holy Spirit is, too. He's the wind that changes our innermost being. He's the voice that changes our knowledge and understanding. So when we get in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and we invite him to know everything about our lives because he'll never uh, violate our will or our purpose, we have to desire him, invite him. And when we do that, we take on a personal relationship and I always tell people, I was just talking to a pastor today, I said, when the Holy Spirit becomes more real than a physical touch to you, then you know him personally. So that's how I, I make it aware to people. How personally can the Holy Spirit be? As real as somebody touching you on their shoulder or somebody uh, grabbing you by the hand, the Holy Spirit must become more real than a human touch. Yes. Ooh, that's powerful just listening to you say that. And and you describe, you know, there's that Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I like the way that you say that that He works in association with and in complete harmony with both the Father and the Son, but yet He's His own separate person. Absolutely. He's the third part of the Trinity, third part of the Godhead. And it talks about in First John 5 and 7, there are three that bear record in the heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these become one. Each one of them has distinct identity, but yet they work one together as a Godhead. It's like having a team together in a football field or a baseball field, and you realize that the pitcher is uh, just as important as the catcher. Yes. But every one of them has a different description, and that's the way the third person is, the Holy Spirit. He has a, dis- a different job description, but yet... He is the influence and the wind and the breath of God. Yes. Now, Tracy, I'm a baseball fan, so I loved that analogy. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is real clear to me, and I'm sure a lot of folks that are listening feel the same way. But we're going to be talking about the importance and the life-changing gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And Jesus even wanted the disciples to know that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were walking and following Jesus, but they still needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So what a lot of people don't realize is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those books are still considered under the Old Testament because the covenant was not yet covered. It was not cut. Hebrews 13.8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So in that, because the cross hasn't come into effect yet. So everything that Jesus taught them, but taught them on principles, how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, and even with the disciples, the Holy Spirit came on them and with them. But until Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father to send the Comforter, he would never end dwelling in them. So they had to lean on the same uh, faith, the same anointing, the same... It's, it's like walking, and what's remarkable in this, miracles were done under the law. How much more can the Holy Spirit do miracles today and manifest a greater anointing on our life? Because everything was done uh, 
pretty much under the Old Testament because the New Testament didn't really start until the crucifixion, until he ascended, and that's when he came into the book of Acts. So what a lot of people understand, when they look at the life of the disciples, they think that, okay, um, they did this with the indwelling presence. They did with the Holy Spirit on them and with them. And thank God today we got the indwelling presence of God that gives us that knowing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us, that we can be guided and directed by his spirit. Wow. So I try to help people out to understand that. Yes, yes, and you do a wonderful job at that. So are you telling me, Tracy, are you saying today that even though those 12 people walked with Jesus and were taught by Jesus and did the, the same things that he did, that a power from on high was going to give them even more power than they had walking in their in their fleshly bodies with Jesus when he was here? Absolutely. It actually began in disciples' life. When they saw Christ, see, he was born in the dwelling of the presence. All God became all man. But when they saw the Holy Spirit in the upper room, it's when they got it, that they understand, all right, I not only have Christ, I knew him physically, mm-hmm. now I have revelation in me. Yes, I've got the fullness of all the glory, all the power of heaven through the Holy Spirit in me now. So in the upper room is where they have a life-changing experience, and they begin to understand the other side of Christ, or what we call the Holy Spirit, the uh, Holy Paraclete, or one that walks beside you, or the comrade, one that leads you, guides you, and directs you into all truth. So now the disciples in the upper room is understanding when Jesus said, I'll go away, but I'm not going to leave you or abandon you. I'm going to send the other side of me the Holy Spirit, the fullness of how I'm able to do and perform and demonstrate the miracles and the healings and the deliverance, because he's the only retaining power that we have. But the disciples, everything they did was when the Holy Spirit came on them and with them, like Samson, Moses, and all of them. But at Pentecost, he came in them, so then the fullness of revelation of who Christ was in the unlimited form. Yes. So I tell people, Christ become unlimited through the Holy Spirit in us. Yes, yes. Now that that was, Jesus was powerful, and then they were endued with power from on high. The disciples were. So that's them. Yes, I know the Holy Spirit works within you, Tracy. But what about me? What about those that are listening today? Are you saying that that's the same promise for us? The promise is to every individual. And I always address this in any revival or any church setting. The Holy Spirit, his his personal relationship, his gifts is not predicated upon the fivefold ministry or um, someone that is more selected than the other, even though there are many that are chosen, the few are chosen, the many are called. And that's true. I'm not taken away from that scripture. Right. But any person, any even in the life of a layman, it, it doesn't matter who the individual of it. Uh, regardless of the, what job description they may take in this land, the Holy Spirit is ready for a relationship. He's ready for them to operate. So the same Holy Spirit that operates through me or any other preacher or any other five-four ministry give, you can become a candidate for the Holy Spirit relationship. You can know him personal. You can hear him breathing upon you. You can feel the winds when it uh, comes upon you, when his anointing is ready to move you into the different dimensions. And you can be used through those gifts to operate through you as a human instrument because that's what we all are, just human instrument that the Holy Ghost desires to operate his gifts through us. So absolutely today, I encourage everyone that's listening to the sound of our voice, you can be the next one that God raises up. The Holy Spirit can become suppressing your life. And you can be the one that these one of those nine gifts can begin to operate through your ministry or more than one. But he's ready for an encounter. He's ready for you to invite him. He's ready for those gifts to begin to operate through you because every one of us has some type of ministry on this earth. We're predestined for greatness. Yes, yes, yes. Now, you describe the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the promise of the Father. And when we receive the promise of the Father, you're teaching us that that it'll change us, that it's life-changing. How does it change us, Tracy? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, we, we have to remember that there's the cardinal realm where we we pray and many times it becomes repetitious because we're human yes but when we're empowered with a relationship the holy spirit romans chapter 8 
he'd been, uh, the whole entire chapter, especially 26, 27, throughout 31. The Holy Spirit teaches us in a way of praying with groanings and utterance that we have no knowledge of. It becomes a dialogue with God and the Holy Spirit. Then he reveals it to you as a human being or as an individual tap into his voice. So when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have to remember that that baptism sets you apart from every other level. You have the beginning stages of salvation, but then when you seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he endowers you not just with power, just not with confidence, but he instills with you his voice. And that's what begins to cause the fire of God. His power begin to manifest more because you become more in tune with his voice. So I tell people, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, there's evidence, not just speaking of, of tongues, but the voice of the Lord becomes more familiar to you yes. because the sheep know his voice and the stranger will not follow so the baptism sets you apart from any other place. Uh, thank God for salvation. That's the greatest miracle. But then you don't stop there. You go to the baptism. And then when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you become to know him in a way that you never knew the revelation. And all of heaven really is tapping to where the Apostle Paul tapped, the third dimension where he couldn't even utter words at times. Mm -hmm. And that's the baptism. Yes, and what about the purpose? I mean, I know there there's nine gifts. You mentioned the nine, one of the nine earlier, nine gifts of the Spirit. And, and there are specific purposes for those gifts, right? Absolutely. Now, uh, the purpose for those gifts, we often think that what what is, you know, that's the question I've been asked mostly. Um, it's not everywhere I go and traveling, wherever I'm at in revival or meetings or church setting. What is my purpose? What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit in my life? And what gift uh, is operating in my life? I get so many uh, questions in there. Oh, I'm sure. The purpose, uh, the purpose of these gifts to operate, first and foremost, is not to bring any ministry gift in self-glory or self-recognition. The purpose of these gifts to operate in you is to not just to edify the church and to we all come into one perfect man, but it's bringing the awareness of what our destiny here on earth is. When those gifts begin to operate in you as a human instrument, and uh, that's why I spent so much more time writing this book. It means more to me than any, any other book I've wrote because this book, it became so personal to me because uh, I got it in the, the hardest stages of my life. So I realized, how can I help relate this message to people that say, all right, I want the Holy Ghost. I want his purpose and his gifts to operate in my life. So the purpose of this, each gift identifies as the Holy Spirit will and desires to work through that individual at a given time, whatever need is the most needed at that moment. It could be healing, could be miracle, or it could be encouragement, or what have you. So the purpose of these gifts, number one, is never to glorify man, always to glorify God. Number two is to bring a point of contact to the person that on the other side of you that you minister to that has that need or that crisis. So that gift that God operates through you as an individual is to help aid that person's situation or their circumstances, and it helps change the outlook of their life, and it builds their faith up in God. Ooh. Yes. Well, that's that's pretty exciting. I certainly like that. And I think this is probably a good place to let everyone that's listening know about the special resource package that Tracy has prepared for you. And it's his brand new book that we've been talking about, Heavenly Keys to Unlocking Your Spiritual Gifts. And also, he's uh, developed a brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called Supernatural Visitations, and you'll find three messages in here. Message number one, positioning yourself for visitation. He'll teach you how do you do that? How do you position yourself so that you are in the right position so that, that the Holy Spirit can visit you? Number two, angelic visitations. We all enjoy that and like that. Thank you so much, Tracy, for those. And also, number three, glory visitation. So I know if you've ever listened to Sid Roth very much at all, Sid likes those folks and those ministers that operate in and can actually and absolutely and honestly move in the glory of God and bring that glory visitation. So Tracy, we certainly appreciate that in you, brother. Thank you for that. 
And you're most welcome. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Tracy, let's talk about the nine gifts. Now, describe each of the nine gifts for us. What what are the nine gifts? Well, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we have to remember that now these are the Holy Spirit gifts as a fivefold ministry as Jesus gives to the church. So the Holy Spirit has nine gifts to the believer, and that's where it's different than the fivefold ministry. That's given to different individuals as ministry uh, gifts assignments. Yes. But the Holy Spirit gives nine gifts to every individual that desires and wills those gifts to operate through your life. So the three, there's three categories that breaks up the nine gifts. The first one is called the revelation gifts, and they are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of discerning of spirits. The second one is called inspiration gifts, or the gifts that speak. They are the tongues, the interpretation tongues, and prophecy. The third category of the three gifts are what we call the power gifts, the working of miracles, the gift of God kind of faith, and the gifts of healing, which is the only gifts mentioned in nine gifts that are a plural. And it has a significant reason why. So let me um, elaborate just a little bit on each one of those categories to help okay. all those that are listening so okay. they can understand it. Revelation, you have the word of wisdom, which it comes, the best way I can describe it, the word of wisdom, it comes in a fragment of a sentence. So it always brings a solution to a problem. Now, the word of knowledge is always a fact to reveal what is taking place, whether it's from the past or the present. And you always have the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge that always work like Siamese twins together. Uh-huh. You very seldom have the word of wisdom without the word of knowledge. So the knowledge reveals the fact of the thing. Then you have the discerning of spirits, which is not the discerning of people, but of spirits. You have two dimensions. You have the, the angelical world, the heavenly world, and the demonic world. Acts chapter 16 talks about the Apostle Paul and Silas uh, discerning the spirit that was bound in the young girl. Uh, she was bound by a spirit of divination. So then uh, Jacob was called up and saw the angels ascending descending, so he began to discern the visitation. And that's the first category, which we call the revelation. Remember, it always reveals revelation. Yes. That's how you can distinguish uh, those three gifts. Now, also, to those that listen, and you may say, well, I've, I noticed these gifts operate in my life. Now, inspiration, we have the word or the term inspiration because it inspires, it encourages, it builds our faith. Speaking in tongues, which is not the prayer language that you get in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy, which tongues is what we call the diversity of gifts of tongues. Somebody can be standing up in church and they speak in tongues, and then somebody has the gift interpretation of tongues, and they interpret that message. Now, the only gift that's equal to both of them is the simple gift of prophecy. Prophecy means to exhort, encourage, and extol the mind. In other words, you edify in their spirit, you encourage in them, which that gift it's not like the gift of the prophet, but it's the elementary stage of prophecy where you, you comfort and you console and you curse people. And prophecy becomes equal to tongues and interpretation of tongues. Then we have the last category is what we call the power gifts that operates in the authority of Christ or what we call the authority of the Holy Spirit. Working of miracles. Now, this is called the working of miracles because in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John said, told the man that was lame, look on us, and immediately he received his miracles. So it's called the working of miracles, not the gift of miracle or make us equal to God. And we know we're just human instrument that God's working through daily. We uh, crucify the flesh. And then you had faith. This is not the saving faith. This is the God kind of faith, which I've only had this gift operating about 11 times in 20-some years of ministry. So it happens at an extraordinary time that... I know that I know that I know it just there's no doubt, no no question. It's yes. just a knowing. Yes. When that gift operates. Then the last gift is called the gifts of healing. And this is the only gift if you notice out of the nine gifts that has an S on it. And the reason is that gift of the Holy Spirit operate through an individual. One may have the gift of healing to operate for somebody's bags. Somebody may have the gift of healing for somebody's eyes or whatever the case may be. But that gift operates 
through that individual and a part of their ministry and what God assigned them in different areas of healings. So hopefully that helps you to understand just a highlight of it. Yes. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. I don't think I've ever heard anyone explain it so concisely. So that was great. I wanted to ask you this. You know what? You operate so freely in many of these gifts. Have people ever asked you like, so Brother Tracy, I mean, what what's the deal here? Are you are you a psychic? Do you have fortune tellers? What what's going on? Yeah, it's it's, it's mind boggling the gift of word of knowledge. I mean, you, people, you know, they, they're so innocent when they say that because they they just don't know that how powerful the gifts of the Holy Spirit is. First and foremost, relationship with Him means more to me than anything else. But His gifts are for His or for the needs of the people, but I'm, you know, it's, it's like I can be sitting in a restaurant and uh, a person come to me and Lord give me their name or their situation. I, I just say their name just the top, and the person, how you know? I've just, you know, I don't get into all the details. I just it gives me an opportunity to witness to them and let them tell me about the goodness of the Lord. But what people don't understand is because they have not come to the knowledge of the truth of these gifts. It's all imagine soon is this uh, satanic or this a cold or, or, or this a psychic or a palm reader, and unfortunately, there's a lot out there to portray in that. But yes. that's in the satanic world divination. The difference is psychics and all that will mess your life up. But the Holy Spirit and His gifts it builds your life up. And that's how I tell people say the end results will tell the difference between the gifts of the spirit and the gifts of the enemy. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, I know that because I know your story that that when you were much younger, you actually received an impartation of some of these gifts. And you received an impartation from someone from many, many years ago who operated in these gifts. Uh, Tell us that story quickly. I was in a a tent revival. Everyone, uh, very quickly, the angel visited me and told me, he said, you'll sit at the feet of all the generals that I've seen you to, and you'll learn what to do and not to do. And he taught me, and he began to show me one by one. And the only one that I didn't see was the, the gift of word of knowledge through William Brandom and one of my other spiritual mentors. So uh, I had a dream a year, uh, like a year in advance, and I would meet this man of God. And all of a sudden, uh, I walked into the tent, and I'm sitting in the back, and uh, several weeks of revival is going on. And he called everybody out, and it looked like he called everybody except for me. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm here. I'm, I'm waiting for it. And the, the more I hungered for it and desire it, then all of a sudden he called me out and he said, you've been waiting for this. And he said the same uh, way that William Brandon touched my right shoulder, I'm touching you. From this day forward, a portion of the uh, mantle will begin to fall on you. And then I went back to service. Just a quick summary. I started seeing names like a scroll, and I started seeing uh, people's lives, the doctors, things that were wrong with them. And it went to the vivid area of the word of knowledge where I started seeing body parts and everything else. And it, it's, it's mind-boggling, yes. but at the same time, I realize it's a humbling experience. But it's, I've learned over the years now that the, the more we stay at the foot of the cross, the more he can reveal out of us. Yes. It takes more faith to be still than it does to move. Yes. And I, I understand uh, about impartation, and uh, William Brannan had laid his hands on and imparted into this person that laid their hands on you and imparted into you. And so I, I want everybody to stay with us because I'd love for you, Tracy, at the end of the program when we pray, for you to pray a prayer of impartation for those that are listening that they might be positioned and open to receiving the gifts of the Spirit. But let's let's talk about one in, in particular, the working of miracles you were talking about, the works of the Father, another one, working of miracles. Now, you had an example of that. There was, there was a crippled lady when you were conducting a meeting. What, what was her story? Well, I was with uh, Jack Cole, Jr., and he had to do uh, Jack Cole, I believe Jack Cole, or it could have been Glenda, uh, several speakers. I had the uh, noon service. And uh, there was a lady that had a walker, and the Lord gave me her name through the word of knowledge. But then she needed a miracle, and uh, I went over there, and I felt that bold faith that uh, Shambach imparted to me. And I walked over there, and I, don't, I didn't really think about it. I just felt the gift of work and miracle. I threw the uh, walker, and it broke. And the enemy spoke to me, what if she don't get up? Mm. What if she don't get healed? 
And then I told that when he was, see, many times we think we, when we start seeing these men of God or women of God operate, we think, all right, it's, uh, they make it look so easy, but you don't know the battle that goes on in the mind. Yes. That's the battleground where, you know, because it takes more uh, faith to speak it than it does to see it. Just because we see it doesn't take faith. It takes faith to speak it. So I told the doctor, what if she gets healed? What if she gets healed? Then all of a sudden, it's just like the Holy Ghost took over, and I started hearing her bones pop like popcorn. And she got up. She started uh, moving with her legs. And before I knew it, she's running around the, the church <laughs> service. Around. Uh, she's running. And I'm looking at the broken walker, and I would praise from the Lord. I said, Lord, thank you, because he, he brought my faith to another level. Yes. Which I knew I knew was there because it was imparted to me by R.W. Schambach and other, other men of God. But we can never get that faith to come out until we make the first step. I think, you know, it's, God is waiting on us. We're not waiting on God. And then I learned that it takes more faith to speak it than it does to see it. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I just want to say right here for everybody that's listening, because this made a huge impact on me. You know, if, if you get those thoughts in your head, you know, I speak this out loud, then what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? And I, I'm i hearing you, Tracy, say that, that you get those thoughts and, and the enemy tries to plant those in, in your mind and in your heart, too. And you said the enemy spoke to you and said, so what are you going to do if God doesn't heal her. And man, you just gave it right back and said, what are you going to do if he does? Whoa. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Tracy, that was huge for me. That was an, and that impacted me so much because I was thinking, wow, even Tracy, even brother Tracy gets these, these thoughts and these questions in his mind. So you know what I would say to everyone listening, what I'm going to do the next time I hear that, well, what are you going to do if he does? <laughs> so <Absolutely. laughs> that helped me. That helped me so much. And, and there's something that, that you teach us that is so, so simple that I think we would miss it if you didn't lay it out the way that you do. You teach us to ask. Just to ask, simply ask. Yes, ma'am. Just simply ask and let the Holy Spirit, he, he's waiting. His gifts are waiting. All you have to ask, because you're asking is your desires. And what you desire is what he wills to do in your life. Let's ask right now. I wanted to wait until the end of the program, but I feel like we should just ask right now and, and tell those folks that are listening to ask what you need, ask what you desire. Absolutely. Right now, while you're listening to the sound of that voice, go ahead and ask that desire. What is that greatest desire? What is that longing that you, you want with the Holy Spirit? How yes. personally do you want him to become in your life? What part of ministry is he willing and nudging at your heart for? He tugging on those heartstrings. What gifts of the Spirit do you want to operate in your life? Because the Holy Spirit, he teaches us through the writings of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 when you desire those gifts. So right now, once you begin to ask Father God right now through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, what gifts do you want the Holy Spirit to operate through all the nine, one of those nine gifts or more than one of those nine gifts? He's waiting to bring a visitation to you. He's waiting for a personal invite to say, I want you to take over my life. I want you to use the words of knowledge or the words of wisdom or the gift of faith, the gift of miracle. Help me be an instrument yes. to bring that message of hope and healing deliverance and help me operate in those gifts so I can meet people's needs. Why don't you do that right now in the name of Jesus? Yes, yes, yes. Amen. I agree with that. Just ask. Well, Sid and I want to certainly remind you of this wonderful, powerful, life-changing resource that we are offering on today's program. And once again, it's Tracy Cook's brand new book, Heavenly Keys to Unlocking Your Spiritual Gifts, and his brand new and exclusive. Now, I've said this before. When I say exclusive, I mean you cannot get this anywhere else, only through its supernatural and messianic vision. So please be sure and get this today. It's his brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called Supernatural Visitations. One of the messages, positioning yourself for visitation. The second message, angelic visitations. And the third message, glory visitation. So be sure and get that today. And Sid will be here right at the end of the program to let you know how you can get it.
Tracy, let's talk about one of the keys to unlocking. I know this this uh, resource package is called Heavenly Keys. What is an you share a key to unlocking the glory in our life, and you say it's a simple key. What are you talking about? The key that I learned uh, years ago through prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit, because I began to seek Him. What's the key to unlocking the glory, carrying the gifts, and the anointing? And He showed me throughout the whole entire Bible, serving. Serving is the number one key, and it's just as simple as that, serve. What you make happen for someone else, God may happen for you. What you do uh, in secret, Matthew says, God makes it known publicly. So many times, you know, and this is what I tell uh, just not ministers, but any individual. Two keys outside of this key, serving brings you to humility and integrity. Mm. Those what are from serving. So when you serve, you get you take on the nature of Christ. And I was telling somebody yesterday at lunch, I said, um, do you realize how powerful Christ and his anointing was on the earth through the Holy Spirit? And when I'm saying that, how? And I began to explain to them like the Holy Spirit gave to me. He operated in miracles and healing, but yet there was so much humility that children ran up to him and sat on his lap. Yes. He walked on the water. He raised the dead. But yet children come to him, and they're on his lap, and he's telling them, stories how powerful is that serving is the key and i learned when i serve these men and women of god the more i serve the more the impartation came and through serving uh my father that's my my next book that we uh it's already been uh wrote and everything too is serving it's called serving helped me to understand the revelation mm-hmm. of christ the closeness of the holy spirit you get impartation by serving, not jumping on the front pew say, hey, look at me, look at me, I want to be seen. That's not how you're going to get it. Yeah. You serve. You make whatever person job lighter, that man or that woman of God, uh, I, I will hold their coats. I would do their set of the book tables for them. I would hold it. Whatever they needed me to do, I did in secret. And then God, all of a sudden, the impartation time comes. So I tell people, servant. It's the greatest key because it unlocks the other two components of humility and integrity. Wow. Wow. You know what? You said the word secret. This is, it's almost like a secret when you say, oh, you know how you unlock the glory in your life? And some people may say, well, you preach the longest, you preach the hardest, you know the most or anything like that. But no, the secret is serving. That is, that it's actually profound. It's simple and it's profound, Tracy. Yes, ma'am. Yes, wow. Serving is the key to impartation. So I encourage everyone, serve and watch God impart into the anointing of your life through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, I'm going to ask a question here about visitation because your audio series is called Supernatural Visitations. So everybody wants a visitation from God, from the Holy Spirit. Everybody wants visitations in one way or another. What's our part? What do we need to do, Tracy? But when you when you seek for the impartation, you, uh, you have to remember that you, you got to set your focus. The hardest thing in the world is focus. You cannot get distracted. There's Luke 19:43, 44 talks about it. Uh, there's different times of visitation, but we don't realize the time and season. Like the children, it's a car. You got to know the time and the season. So when you desire that visitation. How do I do it? What do I do at the beginning? You set your focus, and you have dedication time, and you have to move out distractions. The hardest thing in the world is you have to focus, and that may seem negative, but once you get your focus, then your distractions are gone. Yes. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, you can pursue after the anointing and the glory of God. Then all of a sudden, the uh, clock goes off, or there's a knock at the door, or the cell phone goes off, or the, the children, or it could be anything at that moment. So you have to realize, all right, I, I'm in a time of seeking for the Holy Spirit and His gifts. I've, I've got to uh, remap my schedule and my time, because not everybody's time is scheduled like every other individual. So you have to do what's necessarily for that moment, find out what works for you. Yes. Set that time aside for the Holy Spirit and His gifts, 
but tried to move out every kind of distractions, what I tell people all the time, because the enemy would use the, the simplest thing to distract your mind. But God is there. He, he wants to bring that oil on you. He wants to bring that anointing. He wants to burn it through you. But it's because seeking him first, focus, seek him, and go after his heart. And that's how you prepare yourself to be ready for the visitation. Yes. Yes, and you've got an entire portion in your book where you talk about this and you teach us how that we mm-hmm. must position ourselves to receive these times of visitation. So I really like that. Let, let's talk about this one. I don't want to talk about it too much because I definitely, <laughs> we, we don't have so much time to cover it all, but I want everyone to be sure and get this um, in your audio teaching series. You're going to talk about angelic visits, and you say, Tracy, the angels are actually on assignment for us. Absolutely. See, what we don't realize, Hebrew 1.14, they're ministering spirits. So when you start tapping to praying the Holy Spirit, operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, what it does, it unlocks angelic realms. And the angels begin to come according to your words, your petition, your requests, and they're waiting there not just to bring that word over your life to pass, but they're ready for you to understand the next dimensions of the glory and the visitations. So a quick summary of that, the angels come at our beck and call. They're at our request. Once we get into that place of understanding the Holy Spirit and how he desired to operate his gifts, then all of a sudden we have authority to start commissioning angels on our behalf. And a lot of people don't realize how powerful the messengers and the angels are. They are our assistants, and they move and maneuver accordingly as we operate in the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. So be sure and ask and expect some angelic visitations when you finish listening to the podcast today. You just go before the Lord and ask him for those impartations of the Holy Spirit, angelic visitations, and just however he wants to reveal himself and and use you in the gifts of the Spirit. Tracy, let's, let's talk about, this is something that you have just astounded people with as far as your prophecies and and um, the words that you give throughout throughout the day, throughout the year, throughout the months as the, as the time goes by. Now, at the very beginning of this year, you actually prophesied that in the Israeli election that the prime minister would actually win a re-election. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it was it's a profound prophecy that God gave for the simple reason is it, in the third election of Benjamin Netanyahu won the third election, which a lot of people thought that he would not get it. Even the polls was against it. Even the majority of Israel considered him not to be reelected, but God orchestrated it, that he's still going to be in position. I had a dream after dream after year, dream that what we call bye-bye, uh, or BB, he will win the re-election, and he did. And it, it turned the history point of Israel because this made history this year been the third election, which has been unheard of, unprecedented. Yes. So God fulfilled prophecy. Yes, yes. Well, I know you actually said that at the beginning of the year when you were here with us. And so that's a, another case yes, in point where you, you, you speak out what God is telling you. And, uh, you know, that's so bold. And you said that you, you recently had a dream where you saw the church, and it's like it was in an, an elevator, a tall, a tall building with an elevator. Well, each there were 28 floors in my dream, and the church has gone through different stages over the years. And the Lord showed me, the angel took me to each floor and began to give me the scripture. We don't have time for, for each one of those, but I saw the church at the 27th floor. Because the Lord began to deal with me. There's so much that's on video and YouTube and everything's going viral and it's, and it's producing a lot of fear and panic and the rapture's getting ready to take place. No, the rapture's not getting ready to take place. The church is still being conditioned by God. And the Lord showed me it was at the 27th floor. And I looked and I heard the angel begin to give me a message, which is a whole lot more in that. But I remember the 28th floor being the last level and, I, and the Lord showed me we were at the 27th floor, but yet the time frame between the 27th and 28th was a period of time that uh, God don't want us to lose our focus yes. and not get distracted by what we're going through this year, especially with the COVID and how things have tried to uh, 
Uh, everything that could be shaken was shaken, so that came to pass as well. Mm-hmm. But we're in a time where God's going to bring the suddenlies and the glory of God and the greater glory revival is still within uh, time frame. So I don't want people to get into a place of panic and fear, say, you know, you got to do this in September or do this in October. God is speaking truth, and he's showing different ones, but that's a time, too, for everything that's under the sun. So we yes. just really need to learn the time and when to speak it, not to speak it. But for the dream, the vision that it gave me, the 27th floor, let me know that the time frame is yet not, but we still have time to get our lives together, prepare for the greater glory revival, prepare for things that's coming upon the land. Yes, yes. And I, I know you don't get into a lot of political uh, opinions when when you get prophecies and dreams and you share your visions and things like that. And I won't even say this is a political one. You know, people can think what they want. But you had, oh, man, this was powerful. You were describing to me what you saw, a, a huge eagle. There was an eagle in my dream for, uh, it seemed like a few hours in my dream, where God, I saw this beautiful eagle that was flying as high as you can imagine an eagle flying. But on the left side, the eagle was wounded on the left side of his wing, and it looked like that wing was going down, but it was uh, like a banner you would wrap around your sores and try to cover your cuts or your wounds. I saw the American flag wrapped around the left wing, and I began to see for the interpretation, say, all right, Lord. And then he began to show me that uh, not this, you know, I'm speaking as a prophet, not democratic or republican, just the mind, the will, the purpose of God for the land. But the Lord was showing me that everything that the Democratic Party tried to do against Trump or against the United States, even looked like it was trying to weigh the eagle down where it couldn't soar or fly, I saw strength coming to the right wing so strong that the right wing was going uh, flapping back and forth so, so much that no matter how much the left side tried to do or the left side of the eagle's wing was wounded, it still didn't take the eagle down. But it was, it was trying to, uh, through oppositions, all it could to damper the wing of the eagle. And God said, this is the United States. The United States is wounded. But when I'm done and sad, and when my presence come upon this election, and uh, just so many things, he said, then American people will see and the world will see that I'm still Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to end with just this last one that you were talking to me about, and I, I found it so exciting. You were talking about a time clock, that God was showing you a time clock. And the Lord spoke to me um, about several months ago. He said 2021, even in the middle of, before all this happened with the virus, because I saw it in Honduras, God said 2021, the first seven months, Everything that seemed like it slipped through the people's hands in 2020, and I didn't really understand the prophetic word, to be honest with you, because I kept on seeing 2021, but 2020 being a time of heartache, sorrows, and confusion. Mm-hmm. And then I, saw, I kept on seeing 2021, the first seven months, and Lord said, I'm going to complete what's been offset in 2020. But my people, my ramet, I'm still in the ramet, and the church is going to come alive. There's going to be a time of restoration, the suddenlies of the Lord. And uh, even in 2020, this suddenly has begun. But in 2021, we're going to see a, a faster progressive stage in the lives of the people. It's almost like the church, is in the middle of this uh, crisis, has started losing faith and hope in God. So I didn't understand it all at that time, but more it began to unfold this year, I, I, I've got a better understanding. So in 2021, I saw the first seven months being a time where the church had really stand up on their feet and became alive like the remnant of God. And how important was the clock in the dream to, the, to, to see the, the correct clock, time? The clock was the time frame where uh, many times when God gives something to us in dreams and vision, we immediately want to share it. And sometimes we share it prematurely like Joseph did and wind up going through pigs of fear. And some of that's been taking place in 2020 has produced more fear than it does good. So the Lord showed me that it's time clocks. Everything is ticking right in the heart of God. Nothing has caught God by surprise. And the first seven months of 2021, remember 21 is always significant because it's a time that, uh, that we rest against a prince of Persia or against strongholds. Yes. But we have to understand that in 2021, the first seven months, 
we're going to start seeing everything begin to come to fruition in our lives. And that time frame, we're right on the right time of seeing God's purpose and his purpose in our life come to pass. Yes. So I encourage all this, listen, yes. don't be fearful. Don't be fearful what you see and hear. No, this ain't, uh, the rapture ain't going to happen this year or next year. There's a lot that has to be um, still come to pass in prophetic and prophecy. Yes. So I, I do want to say that, not be negative to anybody's dreams or anything by no means. But we need to be aware that God shows different prophets time too. So yes, I always tell people, if you can master your emotions, you can master timing. So I, I think that's what we need to do in our dreams of vision. Yes. Just master our emotions. Yes, yes. Well, Tracy, I, I said earlier in the program that before we leave today, I would love for you to pray for people. Just pray an impartation, a release of the spiritual gifts in their lives, if you would, please. Absolutely. It would be my honor. Father, in the name of Jesus, to all you that are listening today, what God done for Tracy, what God done for any of these generals, men and women, God, that you may say you'll marry them, you look up to them, you see them on television, you see them on Sid Rock, you say, oh, I wish I could be used like that. Well, today, God's giving you a personal invitation and saying, yes, you can. You can be that individual. You can be that human instrument that the Holy Spirit can flow through and his gifts. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I release the Holy Spirit right now. Baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I release you to come upon everyone in the sound of my voice, every man, woman, boy, girl, and child. I ask, Lord, that you would touch them through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Operate one of those nine gifts of the Spirit as they seek and desire for those gifts to be operating in their lives to bring you glory and bring you honor. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will make yourself personally known to everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice today. Walk in their room, go in their vehicles, wherever they may be at today. Let your presence come upon them and let them know that you are the breath that's going to breathe through them. You are the wind that's going to change their lives. You are the glory that's going to come upon their shoulders. And you are the fire that's going to burn through their tongue. Yes. And now, Holy Spirit, operate your gifts as they will and desire of uh, that gives to operate through you today. That is my prayer that you hear their prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. Tracy, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We certainly do appreciate that. You're welcome. My <laughs> honor. Always, always happy to spend some time with you. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get this powerful and life-changing resource from Tracy Cook. Sid? Tracy Cook says, there are supernatural gifts that God has placed inside of you. I mean, inside of you. And they're just waiting, they're almost begging to be opened and activated. I mean, now. Tracy's brand new book, Heavenly Secrets to Unwrapping Your Spiritual Gifts, helps you identify the gifts of the Holy Spirit and teaches you with his, he's teaching from hands-on experience how to start accessing them now. It's never too early and it's never too late. I can't wait for you to get Tracy's brand new book, Heavenly Secrets to Unwrapping Your Spiritual Gifts and his brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series Positioning Yourself for Visitations, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. This is an exclusive package. It's only available here, so be sure to order yours today. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9712. Once again, offer number 9712. 